there will be something you can take out of here today into your home, into your marriage that will help it or it'll hurt it. Now, it'll help it if you allow the Lord to speak through you and with you, but it's going to hurt it. And say, hey, I'm not going to worry about what he said. You don't have to worry about what I say. Now, I don't know. Hey, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, not that I need to be seen, but folk will say, well, we come, we saw the screen, it was blank. That's blank. But if you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at the, at the book of Ruth again. Out of the book of Ruth, we find those words, entreat me not to leave you or to return from falling you. Where I go, you go. Your God will be mine. That's where that comes from in weddings, okay? Now, but we're not going to get that far today. But I just want to bring you up to date before we begin to read uh, in the sixth verse. Uh, the Bible says in the beginning of the, of the book of Ruth in the first chapter, uh, it says that uh, in the day that judges ruled. Now what that meant was the judges were in charge. And people began to do anything they wanted to do. And, and they looked at it in their own eyes as that's the right thing to do. We, don't, we live in the same kind of world today. People do what they want to do, like they want to do it, when they want to do it, and they don't want anybody telling them how to do it. Okay? Right after that portion of Scripture, it says, and there was a famine in the land. Meaning, hey, no rain, no crops. Well, the man, Elimelech, was married to Naomi. And so he being in charge, he said, Naomi, you know, hey, we're we in trouble. We have no food. I have no job. And I must go hunt food and hunt a job. I have got to do it. Well, if you'll think back, God said, hey, I'm going to take care of my youngins. And he was one of God's youngins, okay? But he got out of line. He said, okay, he had two sons, Mylon and Chilon. He told the boys, he said, boys, get your stuff together. We're moving. Where we're going, Daddy? We're going down to Moab. Are you kidding? Are you serious? Yes, we're going to Moab. Now listen, people. Moab was a place of the devil. I mean, they worshipped a God that believed in human sacrifices. I mean, can you imagine this morning if we were following that God that some of you would be led off the devil to sacrifice your own baby right here on this altar. I thank God that we don't have to do that today. Our Jesus has done made all the sacrifice for us. Amen? He's made the sacrifice for us. We don't have to do that. Thank God we worship a God who is true, who is alive today, and who loves us. Well, they disobeyed the Lord. Oh, Elimelech and his wife, Naomi, and the two boys, they headed down to Moab. They hadn't been down there long, and Elimelech became sick. So sick, the Bible says he died, leaving Naomi a widow. Okay? Well, here she is. She's got two boys. And I know how that is, because I have two boys. Hey, Mama, we can't sit here. Daddy's dead and gone. What are we going to do? I tell you what we're going to do, Mama. We're going into the city. We're going to find us some women. They did. They went into the city. And they found Ophrah and Ruth. They were Moabite women. They worshipped the devil. They married them. They brought them home against God's better judgment. They had left 
what their daddy had taught them. Of course, their daddy led them down there. One thing led to another. The Bible says that Milan and Chilon also died. Now you've got three widows. You've got three graves there in a, in a, a devil land. And what are they supposed to do? Let's pick up in verse 6. Verse 6 of chapter 1 simply says, Then she arose, that is Naomi, and her daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab, because she was from Bethlehem, Judah. She's wanting to go back. For she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Okay, bread's back in, uh, in where they came from. And so she says, hey, let's go back there. Okay, and verse 7 says, Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her. And they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, I want you, got, you girls to go back to where you came from. I don't really want you following me. Okay? With that in mind, it says, Return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as ye have dealt with death, with dead, and with me. The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they were so upset, it says they lifted up their voice and they began to cry. And they said unto her, surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi again said, no, I don't want you to. I want you to turn again, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. And if, I, and if I should say I have hope, if I should have an husband also tonight and should bear sons, would you tarry and stay here till they were grown? Would ye stay for them having husbands? No, you would not, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and they cried again. And Ophrah kissed her mother-in-law but Ruth cleave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law hath gone back unto her people and unto her gods, and I want you to return thou after your sister-in-law. Father, I pray that you would help us to see what we need to see as husbands and wives and children today. And God, we'll, we'll thank you for your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We live in a world today, guys, that... We throw, we throw, we, we live in a throwaway world. Um, you know, we're privileged to go into the public school. And uh, it, it is shocking with the kids that don't eat certain foods. It ends up in the trash. And I'm standing there watching the trash can many times. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, look at food. Not even touched. And they throw it away. Now, let me tell you something. In our home, we taught our, our boys, hey, if you put it on your plate, you eat it. If you don't clean it up, then you can have it later down tomorrow or whenever. I was raised the same way. You clean your plate. What you take out, eat. Keep the cost down. But food is thrown away. We throw away enough food and enough clothes to feed the hungry and clothe the naked. Even right here in America. It's amazing. I look at my closet so many times. I think, 
I don't need this many pair of pants. I don't need this many shirts. But then I'm thinking, who's my size? <laughs> you know, I didn't like much being born a midget. <laughs> I mean, my mama was short. My dad wasn't short, but my mama was short. I didn't like much being a, just a, well, I told you before, I was a squirrel. That's what they said. <laughs> it's okay. But as we live and move and have our being in what God wants us to become, uh, we think about how unfortunate sometimes relationships are because we just throw our relationships away and we want to pick up and start with somebody else. It's amazing to me. Now, I want you to listen. <clears throat> it doesn't have, this sermon has nothing to do with how many times you may have been married, okay? It has nothing to do with that. But... Back in 1996, there was a man who came up with a new magazine. It was called Divorce Magazine. Some of the editors began to look at it. They began to look at it and say, hey, this thing, are you sure this thing will fly? He said, let me tell you something right now. In 1996, there's no less than one million divorces in America. That was in 1996. He said, I'll guarantee you it'll fly. It's still flying called Divorce Magazine. Well, it's no new thing. You have Naomi, Ophra, Ruth. Here we are. I mean, a mother-in-law, two daughters-in-law, and Naomi is trying to get them to go back where you came from. You know what? She, was, she didn't realize it, but she was missing an opportunity to win those girls to Jesus. But she said, no, I don't want you to go with me. In fact, I'm going back home. And I just don't want to be the laughing stock of my town when they, they see us coming back home with our tail between our legs and, and all of our husbands are dead and, and here we are, what are we going to do? She said, I don't want to have to face that. So please, return, go back. Well, as we look at this story today and compare it to our own marriages, um, let me just share this with you and... It still bothers me today, but it has not been my pleasure as pastor of this church to have watched no less than five couples separate and go their own separate way. It's tough. It's hard. You know, I, if, you know if I had a choice today, you know what my choice would be as a pastor? <laughs> Just preach. Just preach. You don't have to visit. You don't have to go to those who are fighting. You don't have to do funerals. You don't have to do weddings. Just preach, okay? But God's called me to pastor, okay? To pastor. There's a difference in a preacher and a pastor. A preacher will just preach, okay? But a pastor, he preaches and he visits and he buries and he marries and he counsels. And the, the list is unending. But God's given me that calling. People say, why don't you just go ahead and retire? Why don't you go ahead and quit? I cannot. I cannot, okay? I may not pastor here. I may not ever pastor anywhere after here. But I'll be preaching somewhere. Because that's my calling. That's what God has called me. And I finally gave in. So the title of this right here, this sermon today is simply this. Why do people walk away? Why do some walk away? I want to give you four things about why people walk away, okay? Some walk away because it looks attractive. It looks attractive. Naomi said to those daughters about three, four times in this scripture, turn again, turn back, go back to that heathen land. You remember, 
because of those Moabite worshipers that Moses, when he was leading his crowd, that some of those Moabite women seduced men that were following Moses. And you know what the Bible says? That 24,000 men died. Well, you know, we don't want to go that way. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Ophrah may have been looking for a way out. She may have been looking for an easy way out. So why do couples separate? First of all, unexpected, unmet expectations. Unmet expectations. You know, when I counsel a couple that's going to get married, I'll say to them, I say, okay, I'll ask the man, what do you expect of her? I want you to tell me. Don't look at her. You look at me and you tell me what you expect of her. And when he finishes, I say to her, is that what you thought? Sometimes it is, sometimes it is not, but at least now she knows. And then I will say to her, what do you expect out of him? And she will say what she expects. And I will say to the man, did you know that? Sometimes he says yes, and sometimes he says, well, no, but now we do know. So we are entering this marriage uh, engagement, this marriage here uh, to cooperate with one another and fulfill the expectations now, while I'm on expectations, we shouldn't expect more than we are willing to expect ourselves. Hello? You've been there. You, hey, I ought to ask you if you married, stand up. I won't. But you need, to be, you need to be helping me if you're married and you're glad about it, helping me if you're married and not glad about it. You know, life is full of surprises. <laughs> oh, my goodness, full of surprises. Lynn and me had three, four days together this week up in Gatlinburg. We had a great time together. We love each other. And uh, one evening she says, I may not say it exactly the way she said it. She says, are you married to me because you want to or you have to? What kind of question is that? I mean, 47 years. I love her. I'd give everything I have to sustain her life. But she's praying she'll die first. Well, you know, hey, I don't know that we even settle that little issue. I don't know that we settle it. But, but hey, <clears throat> she knows I love her. Hey, I loved her before we got married. I loved her when we got married. I love her now. And I've heard men say, well, yeah, you ought to see my wife. She don't look like she used to. Well, buddy, look in the mirror. <laughs> my goodness. You know what? It's, it's, it's amazing today that somebody hasn't come up with a mirror that would laugh. You know? <laughs> hey, it would just laugh when you stand up there. I mean, hey, I used to run track and do hurdles. I can't run from here to the back of the church now. I mean... My lungs won't let me. I just give out. Well, thank goodness I'm not expected to do that anymore, okay? I don't expect Lynn to be like she was when we first married. I'm not like I was when we first married. But we still love each other. I think many times, I just love to look in her eyes and she'll say, What you looking at? <laughs> I'm looking at what belongs to me. Hey. It's the same lips, the same eyes, the same hands, and I just love to hold her hand. I mean, it's so soft like a baby's hand. Now, mine's rough and busted open, bursted open for those of you educated folks. I mean, 
I mean, it's just how it is. But we need to be careful what we expect of our mates. Um, you know, un unmet expectations can bring about stress. It can bring about heartache. It can bring about all kinds of things that uh, really don't need to happen. Uh, you know, sometimes one mate will blame the other mate. Well, it's not my fault. Well, let me tell you something. When two stand at the altar, it's not one person standing there answering for the other one. It's two people standing at the altar or standing somewhere committing their lives to one another. Now, by the way, you can have a good set of tires. Okay, I mean, they look good. They feel good. They ride good. But you can still have a blowout. Right? Hello? You can have a blowout. It can cause you to have a wreck. That's why we need to be cautious and careful and listen. You know, sometimes, and Lynn is exactly right. She's right 99.9% .9 of the time. Are you listening to me? I hate to lie. You know? <laughs> I, I want to listen. I want to hear what she's saying. But I got other things that are going on. You know, and I, I should stop. Hey, you know what she said to me one time? Now, this really swept me off my feet. She said, could I get an appointment? <laughs> I mean, I'm so busy trying to help others, and sometimes I have a tendency, it looks like, to forget the one that loves me, the one that supports me, the one that criticizes me when I don't do right in the pulpit. Okay, and she said, I need equal time, maybe so. We will give her that. Well, Unmet expectations is one reason people go their way. Another reason is walking away seems like a good decision. A good decision. Promise of more exciting life. Oh, me, I, will, I met her and I want to go out with her. Listen, Naomi wanted her daughters-in-laws uh, to find a new husband. That was her. She wanted to. She said, hey, I'm too old for a husband. You girls aren't. I want you to find new husbands. Back down there. Go back down there with your mama. One chose to go. One chose to stay. But listen. Um, I tell you, I've seen this in real life. Men and women who work together. The man is working. He's doing his job. The lady next to him, she says, you don't seem to be too happy today. What's the matter? Well, I don't want to talk about it. He goes on doing his work. Break time, she just happens to find the table where he is, sits down, said, look, I know something's going on in your life. You don't talk about it. One thing leads to another. First thing you know, they're together. You know why they're together? Because she chose to listen. Ladies, do you understand? Your man don't look right, don't act right, get a hold of his ears. I mean, hey, what's the matter here? I want to talk to you. I want you to talk to me. Sometimes people just don't talk. And it can be the, it can be the other way also. It sure can. It, it can happen that way. I want to ask you a simple question. Would you suck a sucker to somebody else or suck? Our youngins know better than that. But adults, yeah, you will. You get the picture. If you don't get the picture, see me after the service. I will explain it to you, fucker. I don't want to suck no sucker somebody else has been sucking. Hey. I mean, my goodness, the line. Listen. You may leave the one you love for a more exciting companion, but I don't tell you about that other companion. They got baggage. And you better open up the suitcase and see what's in there. 
I've heard people say, well, I don't care. I love her and I'm going. I'm, this is the way I'm going. Well, you go ahead and you get fire ink bit and you get snake bit and everything else and you'll wish you was back where you started from, sucking your own sucker. Right. That is. Let me tell you something. I'm going to give you three reasons I'd separate. Three reasons. Abuse, adultery, and death. I hope it's death, Okay. That's what Lynn and I committed to. We committed to death at the altar at Friendship Baptist Church in Town as we stood there until death do you part. I made a commitment not only to her and the people who were there, but I made a commitment to God. And it ain't always pleasant for me. It's not always pleasant for her. But deep down, she knows and I know we love one another. Two men were talking. They were sitting across the table from each other. They were just talking. And one man says to the other, he said, uh, why, why you got your wedding bed on your right hand? That's, that's the wrong hand. Eh? He said, I married the wrong woman. <laughs> hey, that is a sign. Do you understand? That is a sign. That is a seal. That means I'm took. That means I'm taken. But it don't mean I'm him pecked, Okay. You know, you look at people out in public, a lot of them won't wear their wedding band. You don't know whether they're married or not. Are you going to ask them? Best thing to do is leave it alone. And put yours on. If I could get mine off, I mean, it stops at the knuckle. I mean, that's, you'd pull a finger out of joint. I'd be in trouble if I get hung on a nail. I'm going to be minus a finger, and then I may have to go to the left or right hand, okay? Uh... But if I took it off, there is a print there. It, 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 it won't go away. It has been there for 47 years. In fact, it, it's amazing to me that the ring's not wore in too when you lay brick and, and mess with mortar and, and concrete and rock and everything else you mess with. The outer band part is worn out. It used to have little notches around it. Both sides are gone. But it's a sign. It's my sign. It's my reminder. I'm going down the road up over my visor in the old blue, old blue van, 18 van. There's a picture of her back when she was in the 10th grade. <laughs> huh. I love to look back there and remember. And thank God we're still together. We recently had our pictures made. Hey, at the Valentine Sweetheart Banquet, whatever you want to call it. And I got it in my new truck right up there where I can see it. I'm proud of it. Let me give you a third thing. Walking away seems like an easy way out. Oprah, Oprah, O-R-P-A-H, she walked away, but she left the possibility of coming back open. The scripture says that she cried. She lifted up her hands. Um, the tears testify against her because she embraced this idea. I love you, but attitude. I love you, but attitude. Or I love you, but what's the use? Or I love you, but I don't care anyway. And they don't care anyway. And we part ways. You see, a good marriage can be made better if, listen, if both parties are serving the same God. Now, you'll notice in the scripture that uh, Orpah went back to her gods. If you're looking in the scripture, it's G, little G-O-D-S. 
Now, a bad marriage can become a good marriage if both parties are saved. And again, when I counsel a couple, that's where I start. I start with the man first because God created the man first. So I says to him, sir, would you tell me about your relationship with Jesus? Most of the time, they will tell me about the relationship with Jesus, but sometime they will say, what do you mean? Then I have to get right down. Are you saved or are you lost? Sometimes I have to sp- explain that because I'm not going to move forward until I know either they're both saved or both lost. Because darkness and light does not mix. Like love and hate does not mix. And so I, I get all that settled before I go any further with the counseling that both of them are saved. There's always going to be problems. I don't care who you are. Um, you know, it, there's going to be problems in a marriage. But remember, we need to talk it out. We need to love one another. And I always use this analogy. I, I, I practice it in all my life. Loyal love. Letter L for loyal love. O, obedient love. Obedience works both ways. Okay, guys? It's not the woman always obeying the man. It's not the man always obeying the woman. But it works both ways if you want to get along. It's obedient love. It's a victorious love. And it's an eternal love. God loves me, I love God. Lynn loves me, I love her. I love her, she loves me. We try to show each other that, that we do. Um, last evening, I was just rehearsing over my sermon to myself, and I got this little gadget called Go Bible. It has two components to it. One component has four double AAA batteries. One has one triple, one triple A battery. Well, I'm going down the road. I Lynn's driving, and Carolyn's sitting up in the front, and I'm in the back with the Bibles, and I'm listening. And that thing with the four batteries came on when I flipped the switch on. When I mashed the button to turn the other gadget on with one battery, it wouldn't come on. I said, my goodness, it's got a dead battery. I said, do we have any triple A batteries in here? No, we don't have any. So I'm sitting there, I'm aggravated. And I looked down, and I said, I'm going to try something. I opened up the compartment where four AAA batteries were. I pulled out one of those batteries. Then I opened up the compartment of the other gadget, which had one AAA battery, pulled it out, and I noticed there was some green corrosion on the spring. I rubbed it good. It still wouldn't work. I took that one single battery, put it with the other three. Now that's got four, supposedly three good ones, one dead put the one good battery out of the one component in the component that carried one battery, cut them both on, and away that thing went to work. And I'm thinking, hallelujah. Hey, a marriage can be that way. One may be almost dead, and others alive. Help the dead. You know, this Lazarus, according to Scripture, been dead how many days? Come on. How? Three days. What did the Bible say about it? He stinks. Rightfully so. He'd been dead three days. You know what? When Jesus came, a dead man walked out of the tomb and Jesus said, get the grave clothes off of him. He's alive. A lot of times one, one partner may be dead. Well, what are you doing about it? You, if you were the live partner, what are you doing about it? There's all kinds of ways to raise the dead, by the way. 
And it starts with loving one another, accepting each other uh, as you are. You remember, I told you this before, I'll tell you again. If a couple says they don't argue, they'll never have a disagreement, one of three things is going on. They don't share the same checkbook. <laughs> they don't sleep together. Or one of them's dead. Now, where is your marriage? Only you know. But I'll tell you something. Men, God has spoken. You are in charge of your household. You need to be the provider. You need to instigate love. You need to set the example. You need to be saved. You need to lead your family to church. Come on, guys, where are you? My goodness. If you disagree, if I was you, I'd leave right now because it ain't going to get better before it gets better. Okay? Men, you're responsible. God made you and I first. And then he thought it wasn't good for us to be by ourselves, and he was right. So he took a rib out of our side. Not off of our head to be over us, not off of our feet to be trampled under us, but took it out of our side. A helpmate, that's what he, that's what he called it. A helpmate. A helpmate. When we think about that, um, it's amazing to me what people think about one another and they're scared to tell each other. Hey, when I get dressed, Lynn picks the shirt, the tie, and what have you out. I pick the suit. She picks the rest of it. And after I get dressed, I say, hey, what do you think? Well, she'll look me over good. You are a hunk. <laughs> hey! <laughs> My knee don't hurt no more. <laughs> and then sometimes she'll come around. She's all dressed. She'll say, what do you think? You think this looks all right? I said, it looks good. And then sometimes, well, you didn't even look at it. Well, <laughs> you picked it up. <laughs> yes, I help her in the car and help her out of the car. Not that she's a cripple or disabled. I love her, okay? I help her. The only time I put her life in danger is when we get on that three-wheeler. <laughs> she sits behind me. She never tells me how to drive. It's a good thing I can't read her mind. Well, let me give you one last thing. Now listen carefully. Is God guiding your decision? You've got to answer that. Is God guiding your decision? Listen, y'all, we need to hang in there. Do our best. With God's help to make it and make it last. Let me, let me say this. Listen, we're just passing through here. We're not going to be on this earth all the time. As a Christian, we're headed for heaven. I'm going to tell you something. There may, there may be trouble. The Bible says, Psalm 30, verse 5, the last part of that verse says, There may be weeping at night, but joy comes in the morning. Don't go to bed mad. Hey. We love to snuggle. You know what that means? Getting close to one another. It's amazing. If I turn over, she turns over. She turns over, I turn over. <laughs> I mean, that's just how it is. Well, weeping may come at the night, but joy comes in the morning. Okay, here's the good news. If you're not happy with your marriage and you're a Christian, please hang in there because you know what the Bible says? 
Bible says in, in Matthew's gospel and Mark's gospel, there'll be no marriages in heaven. That ought to please some of y'all. You know, hey, I'm just trying to stay in here. I'm just trying to stay married from the kids. I'm just trying to stay. Well, hang in there because when you get to heaven, there'll be no marriages. And maybe he won't put you beside her. Okay? You need to think about that. That is real. That's what the Bible, in case you're writing Matthew twenty-two thirty. And Mark 12, 23 says there be no marriages in heaven. It also says we will know each other as we were known here, but not in a married relationship. So that's why if you're married and you're glad, enjoy every day. If it's not happening, make it happen. Stick with your sucker. You can take that either way, okay? He's a sucker. I got him, okay? Stick with the sucker. Let me tell you something about a, a Tootsie Pop. I love Tootsie Pop. I love red Tootsie Pops. And when I first began to suck on them things as a youngin', I didn't know it had chocolate in the middle. I'm just enjoying the candy part, red candy. All of a sudden, the chunk fell off, and I got a whip, a taste of chocolate, and I thought, pulled it out, wow! It's Tootsie Roll down in there. So now I can't wait till I get out of there. I just chunk it and get on into the good stuff. That's the way you need to do your marriage. If you have to bypass something to get to what you want, do it. But love one another in the, in the meantime. Love each other. Lift each other up. And live happily ever after. Because Jesus is coming. And I want to tell you something about his coming. If you're not ready, if you're not saved, you know where the Bible says you're going to hell? Period. There's no detours. There's no, no delays. There's no side roads. It is straight to hell. The rich man died, the Bible says, and went to hell. But Lazarus, hey, he went into Abraham's bosom, which is heaven. Two ways. You're either going the right way or you're going the wrong way. I challenge you this morning to make sure which way are you going. Is God in control of your marriage? If you're in the process of separating, you better check your sucker. You better see where it is. You better find out what's going on. Don't walk out and leave her. And don't walk out and leave him. But sometimes, listen, it is unavoidable. It is unavoidable. What are you to do? I'm going to tell you what you're to do. If you're a Christian, you need to pray for that mate. And you need to continue to live for God. Because there's some things in this life you can't change. You can't change. But you can pray and you can love. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your presence today. God, I pray right now for every person in this room. Lord, if there's any lost, I beg them. Lord, give them courage to come forward today. We thank you for all the guests in the house today. Father, help them to know if they're lost, they too can come. I pray for every married couple in the house today. And Lord, if they need to come to this altar just to pray over their marriage, lead them this way today. God, we just want your will to be done. And we're going to thank you and we're going to praise you for all that you do for us. We ask all this in the name that's above every name, and that's the name of Jesus. Amen.